traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, hello. Uh, Congress is busy trying to figure out how they're going to do something. They've got to do something. It doesn't matter what they do as long as they do something regarding gun control. It might even make the matter worse, whatever they come up with, but it doesn't matter. They just want to do something. you got to do something. Do something. Uh, how about doing something? Uh, or You know, sometimes no action is better than action. It really is. you got this guy, uh, what's his name, Murphy from Connecticut. Um, why don't we see Connecticut senators on TV news all that? much on on new york local stations i mean connecticut is right up there but you never see these guys it feels like they're in uh, they might as well be in massachusetts and that's fine by me by the way because i don't like blumenthal i don't like um the other guy and i don't like this desperate attempt to just do something so they can say they did something nothing they're talking about would have prevented these um recent mass shootings and oh by the way uh, it's not about rifles. It's about handguns. It's about pistols. I think the worst mass shooting ever we had, uh, was that Virginia Tech? It was all with a pistol. Anyway, they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand guns. They don't understand anything about them, what they're talking about, the verse, the, the difference between semi-automatic and automatic and all that stuff. They just don't understand it. And yet they're, they're playing with, in a way, real bullets. You know, they get to, um, they get to legislate, but it just doesn't matter as long as they can come home and say, we did something. doesn't matter what it was. Uh, it really doesn't matter. They'll just, no, it does not matter. Uh, you know what does matter, though? Uh, this this effort to pervert children, uh, to sexualize children. It's happening coast to coast. It used to be like, oh, in one Oregon town, they're embracing pride for children. It was like, oh, boy, we've got to stop that. But now it's everywhere. It's in upstate New York. It's here in the city. It's in, Did you see this big thing in Dallas, Texas? Dallas, Texas had this big festival, uh, dr- bring your kids to drag day. It wasn't the drag races. You know, that was actually fun. Remember with the cars? <laughs> no, this is uh, dress up in women's clothes and run around like a lunatic. And do it in front of four-year-old kids, literally in front of four-year-old children. I saw video after video this weekend of, uh, you know, these these trans, whatever the hell they are, and they're dancing around, and they, let's see here, uh, they're looking for tips from the little kids, and it's it's pretty outrageous stuff. I mean, unfortunately, people are onto it, but the mainstream media is sanctioning this stuff. They're just saying, and they're saying people like us who are saying, put the brakes on it. We're weird. We're too uptight. When it comes to kids, I guess I am pretty uptight. Leave them alone. Let them make their own mistakes. Let them do their own thing. It's hard enough being a kid without jamming sexuality down their throat. They're already having all kinds of thoughts because they grow up and things happen. And But to, to, to go to a drag show, it's, um, there's this guy, Alex Stein, who's been calling him out. Listen to this. Cut one, please. You guys see this? This is how 
pathetic and scummy the world has become. Children can go into a bar and with the alcoholics and see men dance and shake their genitalia in front of them. Honestly, you should be All right, I can't tell what the hell's going on there. I've seen it. There's a lot of, it's chaotic, as I guess you might imagine a drag show to be. Uh, But it is what he's saying it is. There are uh, little children watching these, I can't tell what they are, quite frankly. They appear to be men dressed up in women's clothes. Now, that could mean transgender or it could just mean uh, transvestite. There is a difference, right? Uh, let me check. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, a transvestite just likes to wear the women's clothes. A transgender actually likes to uh, change genitalia from woman to man or man to woman. So there's that going on. And um, bringing in the kids again. All right, one more. Let's try this again. Cut uh, three. For little children. Do you like dancing for little children? You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing around for little children? Don't you think that's disgusting? I need you to hey, get the f*** away. Hey, well, you can't just touch me. You don't think that's disgusting? Hey, you can't do it to me. You don't Your think that's disgusting? Go on. You don't think that's disgusting? All right. Dancing for little children. It is. It is disgusting. This is the aftermath. He follows a guy outside into the parking lot. I saw that video. And I think this person has questions that need to be answered. What the hell are you doing with these kids? Now, I think this was from inside the show. This is Dallas, Texas. This is cowboy country. What the hell happened down there? Uh, cut four, please. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is from inside the show. Yeah. Come on back. Let's go. Get around. Get in your pose. Woo! You know, it's all that. Yeah. Hey, let's be honest, by the way. These uh, drag shows uh, are... There's nothing going on that requires talent. It's just dressing up in an outfit and walking back and forth and kind of just, it's not impressive dance. It's nothing. There's this 14-year-old kid now. Desmond is amazing. Been at this for about two or three years. I, I don't want to pick on a little kid, but I'm really, it's on Desmond's parents. They make this kid, boy who I guess dresses like a girl and, you know, walks up and down the, the runway and they think they're all that. Well, you know, we've all seen, like, great dancers. We know what that's like. I've watched uh, So You Think You Can Dance. I've watched, Dan- I've watched all those shows. We all have. We know what good dancing is in America. And we know what bad dancing is. Sean Spicer reminded us what <laughs> bad dancing is, my friend Sean Spicer, when he was on Dancing with the Stars. A great guy, by the way. Not much of a dancer, he'll admit that. But this is not good dancing. So there's something else going on, and it's perversion. It's some weirdos getting off, and what does Joe Biden say? I have their back. I will always have the back of uh, transgender children. You know, tomorrow is the anniversary of D-Day, the greatest generation. We liberated Europe. Wow, D-Day. Men went overseas and took back what the Nazis stole. You know, Europe, France. It's amazing. It's amazing. We've gone from celebrating that to uh, <laughs> cut three, huh? We no, 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 cut four. This is what we're all about now. Cut four. Oh, oh, yeah! Come on back. Let's go. Get around. Get in your 
we got to take all of those dancers out and make them watch Saving Private Ryan. What do you think? This is this is really strange. And you know who loves this more than anybody? And they're actually responsible for importing it to some degree. China. China. Because what has driven so much of this is that uh, TikTok app. TikTok has made this very, very popular, and all kinds of kids are going places where they would not have gone before. And you got to remember this, um, China doesn't stand for this stuff. They don't. Here's one of the most famous actors in China standing up and saying, we don't do the sissy stuff here. That's what he calls it, not me. Uh, but let's cut 40 if you don't mind. The sissy man image has gained lots of public attention. This perverse aesthetic has created a bad influence and shocked society and left people dissatisfied. Yeah, it is It is perverse, especially for children. Once you become 18, do whatever the hell you want. And I don't like China and the way they do business, but it's funny that they are pushing TikTok. And TikTok has radicalized, sexualized so many of our well, boys and girls in this country. Well, listen to this girl. He, she's, uh, I don't know how old she is, 14 or something like that. She's on CBS News talking about, you know, how she discovered she is whatever the hell she is uh, on TikTok. Cut 39. I was watching TikToks while I was out of school because of the pandemic. And um, I just ended up on the, like, queer side of TikTok. I'm like... I didn't, like, really know these people existed. Maybe this is who I am. At first, I thought I was a lesbian. And then I'm like, that's not right. Maybe I'm non-binary. No, I don't think that's right. Trans? Yes. That, that's, that's what it is. Great. Thank you, TikTok. TikTok. During the pandemic, there was nothing else to do for, but, but to, to sit there. This is a mental illness, by the way. Gender dysphoria is a mental illness. Very few people actually have it, but it's trendy. It's hot, and there's a lot of mimicking going on. This is a, this is a social contagion. There are experts. There are even transgender people out there who are saying that this is being kind of artificially promoted. We don't have all these transgender folks. We don't. But it's a way to gain instant acceptance, instant clout. Oh, boy, if only I could be a transgender. I would have all kinds. I'd be a protected class, right? I'd be protected. I would have special status. You couldn't fire me. I'd get loans. I'd probably get tuition-free this and that and just, yeah. Oh, and I could come just come forward and tell my story all the time. Like this Air Force colonel, an Air Force colonel, used to be about, well, precision bombing and, um, you know, moving troops, and uh, stuff like that. Now it's uh, all about this officer and her journey. Her name is Lieutenant Colonel Bree, I think. Bree, Bree something. This is a United States Air Force video produced by the Pentagon. And we watch this uh, transgender officer. Now talk about unit cohesion or whatever the hell it is she's supposed to be doing in the Air Force on our time because we're paying her. Just how much she gets off on being transgender, being a... An apparent woman amongst all the guys. Cut 41. 
Bree is also the uh, one of the highest ranking transgender service members in the military and is the highest ranking transgender service member in the Department of the Air Force. You are an inspiration to many, right? Uh, you are breaking barriers. What inspires you? What keeps you motivated? You know, what really keeps me motivated is the people that are going to come after us. Some people have called me a trailblazer in some of the things that I do, and that's something I really embrace. Oh, man. A trailblazer, because all the people, all the young transgenders who are coming next, this, I do believe, is coming from our enemy, China. They are fomenting this somehow. I mean, look, we've been living in this country for a long time, right? <laughs> and all, basically overnight, overnight, this has become the, the sensation. Why? Where? How? What? It does not make sense until we start thinking about our enemies and what they are, the toxic poison that they are importing, okay? Anybody is free to be whatever the hell they want, all right? But even here, Lieutenant Colonel Bree talking about all the people who are coming behind her. You know who that is? Children, all right? The, the military is always thinking about, okay, you know, they're, they're thinking five years down the road, ten years down the road. You know, they're thinking about recruitment. They're thinking about strategic planning. They're thinking about how they're going to ultimately appeal to the 13-year-olds of today. Maybe that's putting Lieutenant Colonel Bree out there, the trailblazer. Man. Here we go again. Now, Joe, uh, the President of the United States, has embraced all of this crap, all of this woke transgender nonsense. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to have America's back. America's back. But Joe Biden puts it, he has a different twist to that. You ready? Cut 43. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. I'll always have your back as president. What about my back? I know I'm not that fashionable anymore, Joe. I know, you know, I'm white, straight, kind of like you. Yeah, I know. I won't, I won't be in any ads for uh, United Colors of Benetton or anything like that. But I count. We still count. You have our back. Why not? In this country, we used to talk about big things. As we go to break, here's a sample of some of those big things. Cut 42. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. States like these and their terrorist allies constitute an axis of evil arming to threaten the peace of the world and the preservation of the sacred fire of liberty is finally staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the american people for our friends in the press who place a high premium on accuracy let me say i did not actually hear george washington say that greg kelly, greg kelly. on the red apple podcast network We got to do something about this Pride Month. Let's swap it with Black History Month. February is the shortest month uh, of the year. Quite frankly, if you're going to have Black History Month, does that's kind of insulting in a way, right? The, the shortest month of the year is Black History Month, February. Well, let's do a switcheroo. Let's make. I mean, it's a step in the right direction of getting rid of Pride, uh, uh, Gay Pride Month, which I think is just silly. Pride is silly. Pride is silly. Pride is a waste of time. You know. Anything that did not come from God, quite frankly, is a waste. It really is. 
So I'm going to go to the parade and jump up and down because I prefer women to men. Am I going to, am I going to, is there a parade for me? No, 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 no. But there is for this. Why? 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 Please. Could somebody tell me why? We have any members of the LGBTQIA community who want to say why? Why? Why this? And everybody, I mean, from the the chewing gum company to uh, Disney, has gone all crazy for this crap. And uh, I don't know. I wish I could figure it out. I have a few theories, but it's everywhere. Cut 45. First things first, can I just say happy Pride Month, everybody? is love is love am i right all right um hmm why are you making such a big deal out of it <laughs> i mean what's the big deal? love is love yeah just have at it no one's telling you you can't that's the thing all right and suddenly it feels like if you're just an ordinary person going around about your business you don't matter Get the president of the United States who's talking about teenage transgenders, but not talking about you, not talking about me. Who do you think is going to win this November if the elections are legit? You think this is a winning message? I think they know it's not, but they want to just take as much power as they can while they're in power. This is not going to work long term unless they, well, unless they're successful in radically redesigning this country. You know, last week, Joe Biden came out with those uh, candles behind him during that crazy speech about guns, you know, where he said, we got to work together and we got to work, you know, let's all do this. And then and then he started calling Republicans all kinds of nasty things. Here's one. Cut 38. My God, the fact that the majority of the Senate Republicans don't want any of these proposals even to be debated or come up for a vote, I find unconscionable. (sighs) unconscionable that's a that's a real way to get near the other side to meet you halfway you're unconscionable republicans you're sick he said that before uh but you know he just wants to what does he want to do you want to do something we got to do something cut 37 let's hear the call and the cry let's meet the moment let us finally do something they had one message for all of us do something just do something. For God's sake, do something. Calm down, all right? We don't want you to make the situation worse. It's one thing to address a problem. Hey, here's something you can do, which I notice I've been pointing out, precious few in the media have been pointing out. Here's something we can do. Here's something we can investigate. And here's something, by the way, Tom Cruise has been talking about for a long time. These psychotropic drugs, psychopharmaceuticals, that just about half of all kids are on. They're over-prescribing them like crazy. You ever look at the definition of ADHD? Yeah, a kid who uh, has multiple interests and can't can't settle down. In other words, a kid. Well, they're putting them all on these crazy drugs from, uh, well, I don't want to name any specific drugs because, quite frankly, I don't want to, like everybody else, I don't want a lawsuit. And if I start naming specific drugs, I might be on uh, thin ice. But you know what they are. And some of those drugs, they actually have a warning on the bottle. It may uh, result in 
suicide ideations. Suicide. (laughs) Well, suicide and homicide, I think, go right together. Hey, do me a favor. Find that clip of Tom Cruise back when he was promoting some movie and he got into a big argument with Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer, Tom Cruise, 2005. And... Tom Cruise, of all people, is saying, you know what? We're putting too many kids on these drugs. And I remember the exchange so well. They tried to make Matt Lauer look like he was the crazy guy. I'm sorry. No, wait. Who was the crazy guy? Tom Cruise was the crazy guy in that exchange. And he did look, you know, we weren't used to seeing him like that. And he was really kind of passionate about it, and he wasn't reading from a script. And But I think history has vindicated him big time. I just feel like no one's talking about the elephant in the room, all these drugs all over the place, and I am not comfortable with that. Are you? And why don't we talk about it? Because, well, I talked about the lawsuit. Not only that, these drug companies buy a hell of a lot of commercial time from big corporate media. We know who sponsors these shows. You don't hear me criticizing any of our wonderful uh, sponsors because they're all great people, and I use their products. When it comes to Big Pharma, watch out. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Peter Navarro. Former top aide to Donald Trump, great guy. Uh, I know him, brilliant guy. He was the one who figured out, well, he knew that the coronavirus was going to be a big deal before anybody else, really. He also uh, figured out that it came from the Wuhan lab, the lab. Oh, and that America wrote a check for that. Oh, yes, we subsidized that. We did. We did. It's a matter of fact now. So they threw him in jail. Uh, because he did not respond, I think, to a subpoena from the phony January 6th committee. I don't think you're supposed to cooperate with that committee. Uh, It's a congressional committee. Can they throw you in jail? Well, they did. They threw him in jail. A guy like him. By the way, he lives right next door to the FBI building. I know exactly where it is, 801 Pennsylvania Avenue. He lives right next door to the FBI building. Uh, He could have shown up. You know, look, when the... When they subpoena you and you don't go, but when a no-kidding warrant is issued for your arrest, well, there's a way to handle it, all right? There is. You got fugitives, and then you got guys who, you know, are going to show up, and that would have been Peter Navarro. But no, they had to make a big, dramatic uh, show of it, locking him up, putting him in leg shackles, throwing him in the same cell that John Hinckley was held in. Ridiculous stuff. The FBI must be disbanded because it's become so incredibly political and oh by the way incompetent chasing down a patriot like peter navarro here he is this is a friday right after he got out of jail ridiculous ridiculous treatment cut 35 please what that kangaroo committee is doing right now is investigating for punitive purposes they're essentially acting as judge jury and executioner their mission Their clear mission is to prevent Donald John Trump from running for president in 2024 and being elected for president. And people like me are in their way, and they're not coming for me and Trump. They're coming for you, all 74 million of you who voted for Donald John Trump. He's right. He is right. You know what? 
couple of years ago, if I heard this kind of uh, those kinds of thoughts, I'd be like, yeah, come on, give me a break. Uh, you know, I have eh, the government. It's not so bad. You know what? No, it's pretty damn crummy. It really is. I love America. I love this country. I love our Constitution. But the government, no. We are seeing corruption like we've never seen before. This is scary, scary stuff. Hey, the January 6th committee, they want to have primetime hearings on Thursday night. Thursday night at 8 o'clock. What used to be on at Thursday night at 8 o'clock? Magnum P.I. Magnum Magnum P.I. That was on at Thursday nights at 8. I don't think people watch TV like this anymore. I heard Officer Fanone, he was on CNN over the weekend, and he doesn't think that this is going to be uh, all all that because, well, you know, America is just kind of focused on raising their children and getting through the day, and I don't think they're going to they're going to be focused on this. Well, you know what? Fanone's right, and America would be focused on it if it was not phony, if it was legitimate. And we know when we're being screwed with, when we're being played. We also happen to have noticed uh, two years of crazy riots that uh, the left and the media had no problem with. It was all beautiful. It was all, uh, oh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, right. Yeah, you had to be on the right side of history. You had to burn down that police station, right? You had to hit that cop in the head. Yeah, you had to take over the White House. You had to, all that stuff was just fine. Although that was all based on the big lie, by the way, the big lie that somehow communities of color are faced with the threat by. White police officers, that is such a myth. But it's a convenient excuse, right? It is. It's a convenient excuse for a lot of other things that are going on that nobody wants to talk about. One day, a long time ago, Barack Obama was not afraid to talk about it, but he is now because he's owned by the left. Uh, and he owns a good chunk of the world now. He's uh, he is so establishment, so rich. What a great big disappointment, huh? Uh, da, 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 da. Real quick, I got Mike in Manhattan. Yes. Hi, Greg. Hi. Uh, a friend sent me a statement about gay pride. It says, gay pride was not born of a need to celebrate being gay, but our right to exist without persecution. Yeah. So instead of wondering why there isn't a straight pride movement, be thankful you don't need one. Are you gay? I am. Have you been persecuted recently? So I'll tell you what I feel. No. You, you see, you haven't. Right. That's the thing. Yes, at one point, decades ago, gay people were forced into the closet, had to hide. That's not our world anymore. That's not our world. And when I walk around and I see gay pride flags on baseball player uniforms and churches, I think we've gone a little bit too far. This is, uh, this is beyond uh, not being ashamed. This is, this is a very crude and weird power play. And I'm uncomfortable with it, my friend. I'm uncomfortable with the uh, sexualization of children. Hey, have you seen this? And how do you feel as a, uh, presumably as a gay man? Transgender seem to be moving in on the gay pride thing as somehow is there competition in the LGBTQ arena between the L and the B and the G and the T and the Q? Uh, I can't really answer it because although I'm gay, I don't think of myself as belonging to the gay community. Well, you got me there. I know we, we use these things as shorthand and, uh, well, I don't know. I, uh, so Am I more familiar than, with this than you? There is some friction between tra- transgender 
and gay, let's say activists. Do you have any do you have any awareness on that? Yeah, that I'm aware of. There are people who feel that uh, the transgendered people are uh, kind of uh, imposing that it should just be lesbians and gays and forget the trans and the bi's and the everybody else in the LSMFT alphabet. So I think they're onto something. I, I, I think they're onto something. <laughs> and by the way, you know what? I know people hate to hear this or whatever, but, you know, I, I just somehow this is politically incorrect to say or reflects poorly on me when I say I've got plenty of gay friends and uh, number one, they're not uniformly um, like as you just said a moment ago. I mean, there may arguably there's no such thing as a gay community, although arguably there is as well. But politically, you guys are all over the map like everybody else. Fair enough. Correct. Yeah. But all right. How about this? The active, the act, the activists, just like, let's say, in the African-American community, I'm going to use that word. The activists pretend that they represent the diaspora of, of, of people who look a certain way or act a certain way. That's not true. They're self-appointed, and they're not actually leaders. But the rest of us, you know, a lot of straight people out there, a lot of white people out there, pretend that the activist class are actually in charge. I think they're kind of screwing with us, though. They're not. Fair enough? Well, it's like the Heritage of Pride people who are running the parade. They think that they represent everybody, and that they that, that that's why goal, the Gay Officers Action League, should not march. And yet most gay people think they should march because they represent us. Heritage of Pride is worried about what happened 50 years ago with cops in the gay community, not today. Heritage of Pride. Do you think, all right, yeah, the Stonewall Riot, which, by the way, wasn't much of a riot. You know that, right? Yeah. It was more of a dispute about a liquor license. Anyway, all right, Mike, thank you. Uh, is Mike, on our, does, Mike, are you a fan of the show or a critic? I can't tell. Oh, he's gone. Uh, Pete in Piscataway. Pete, hi. Hello, Craig. I, um, tur- I turned, um, let me give you a timeline. I turned 18 November 6th, 1966. Thanksgiving, three weeks later, I was in Navy boot camp, and I learned how to shoot a small arms. And then one year later, when I was 19, I was shooting a 50 caliber machine gun on a machine gun team. And then now, two weeks ago, when I called you, I said if the, the, the age for buying a gun was 21, 31 people would still be living today. I'm a conservative veteran who will never vote for a Democrat, but the governor of New York displayed a lot of audacity oh. signing that bill for 21. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I, thanks, Pete. But, you know, Kathy Hochul is a total ditz who has no idea what she's doing. She's uh, running around making a fool out of herself. She was chosen for that job because of her lack of ability, okay, Cuomo, very cynically, like a lot of other governors, went with the least uh, competent person he could find to be governor. And, uh, no, I have a problem with that. We're not just going to arbitrarily decide that 21 is when you're an adult, when you can vote. There's a constitutional amendment. We passed a constitutional amendment that said 18-year-olds can vote. All right? You can look it up. And I'm just I'm not comfortable with it. 
and you say 31 would still be like there are pistols there are unlimited number of weapons anyone can get their hands on all right that would not be governed in the slightest by any of this legislation they're talking about in the slightest joe is a uh, yeah joe's in whitestone oh gosh what do you want joe Hey, Greg. Uh, I think you mentioned that yeah, that tomorrow is the celebration. Yeah, Jan- for the, for well, the, I don't, it's today. It's January. It's today. No, it's January 6th. June 6th. Yeah, uh, June 6th. June 6th is D-Day. Yeah, today. It's today, right? Wait, no, it's, today's June 5th, right? Oh, it's June 6th? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, today yeah, is... I, I meant... I thought tomorrow was June 6th. I know that... Uh, okay. I know the date is June 6th. I just thought that was... Today's not the 5th? Oh, 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 well, I, all right. Joe, you were right. I was uh, ahead of myself. You're right. You're okay. Well, I was hey, right. Greg, I, I just didn't know it was Monday. Hey, Greg, I, I, I got something for you. You know that that guy in the Pennsylvania that uh, during the primary, he got a stroke? Well, yeah. you ever uh, saw that movie, what? Battleship. If you ever saw that movie, Battleship, where the aliens are, are attacking Hawaii, well, that guy has a goatee. The aliens in that movie Battleship. I never saw the like movie that. Battleship. It doesn't even sound like a movie. It sounds like a board game. A ba- movie. No, it's, ba- good. it's good. It's uh, good. Liam Nielsen is in it. It's really a good it's movie. Called it's called Battleship. Uh, yeah, you yeah. got you got to see it. The All aliens right. look like that guy from Pennsylvania. Fetterman. Fetterman. Uh, John right. Fetterman, who's running right. against Dr. Roz, who is right. the Republican nominee for the United States Senate from Pennsylvania. We were we had him on the show a whole bunch. I was rooting for him, and I'm so glad he won. And I think he's going to beat um, Fetterman handily. I mean, I think he's got this in the bag. Fetterman is still in the uh, hospital, by the way. Uh, no, I never saw Battleship, and uh, I still don't think that's a real movie. Uh, let's see here. Is it a movie? It seems like such a broad. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's Battle- World War II veterans. World War II veterans. Yeah. Uh, uh, the activist. All right, calm down. Was it was just a movie. Tw- yeah, I see it. No, but it's good, man. All right, well, uh, yeah, 10 years ago, t- 2012. 2012. Hey, I got a friend of mine who's actually got a battleship named after their family, Zumwalt, uh, the USS Zumwalt. My friend Maya Zumwalt, who I've worked with very closely over the years, um, her grandfather is Elmo Zumwalt, Admiral Elmo Zumwalt. And now they have a great big class of Zumwalt ships, and they're really cool. They look like the stealth bomber, but it floats. It's the most amazing vessel. Oh, hey, all right. Hey, thanks, Joe, very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Greg. All right, bye-bye, bye. Uh, let's see. There's that. Oh, Eric Adams. Oh, boy. His racist heart showing itself once again. Oh, he does not like us crackers. Oh, no. He does not like the crackers. Let's see here. Boy, talk about a delusional, over-the-top, ego kind of guy. Uh, He went to a... Is this any way to talk in a church, by the way? He went to a church over the weekend and uh, said this ugly crap. Cut 15. Downstream reaction is a profitable reaction, and people have been making so much money off of us. Now I come along, I am not fighting against policies, I'm fighting against their profit. And what I'm saying and doing is hurting the bottom line of those systems that have eaten off of us for years. So that's why you see all those negative stories in the paper about me. That's why you hear the constant why Eric should not have been mayor. And so when you have all those folks that are running around that look like us and buy into that philosophy, I need for you to say in a very godly way, Negro, you're not going to help him leave him alone and let him do his job. You're not going to stand with him? Then you need to move out of the way because other folks have had it for 
for so long and did nothing with it. So now he's here. He's doing the job. You need to go get out of his way and let him accomplish this task that God put him in a place to do. Don't get in our way and let us do the job that we were elected to do. Get over yourself, you racist. Get over yourself. You know what? He's really insane. Well, God chose me for this moment. God, 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 God. I, God, God is in charge of everything. All right? But you got to do your part. And you know what's interesting? The more I think about it, the more I think maybe, just maybe, yeah, God put him in that job. So I should run against him and beat his ass. Because you know what? I probably could. I probably could. And I would run to save this city, to put in charge a an effective police commissioner, to put to bring back stop and frisk, to keep the woke agenda out of the public schools. He can't do that. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's chasing his own tail. Doesn't know who he is, what he wants to be. All he wants to do is wear that stupid jacket that says mayor on it. I'm the mayor. He can't believe he won. He just he just loves being an important person all of a sudden. Wow. So maybe God did put you here for a reason, to get me all fired up to run against you. And maybe I will. Maybe I will. And you know what I, the first thing I would do? Well, other than have you investigated, if you're not arrested by that point, I'd fire your gun czar, Andre Mitchell. What the hell? What the hell kind of appointment was this? Andre Mitchell is the new gun czar. He's one of those phony baloney violence interrupters. You know, they live in the community and they talk things out and they raise a lot of money and they hire their relatives. So Andre Mitchell has some interesting theories about uh, race and who's a racist and who's not. And you know all the gun violence is coming from all those white supremacists, right? Okay, cut 16. There's no difference between a white racist assassin in Buffalo and a black racist, let me back that up, because I think we can't even be racist. A black miseducated, misguided missile with a pistol in his hand. Huh? Blacks can't be racist? There are people who think that. They're misinformed and they're miseducated, just as Mr. Mitchell said. I was watching on the news and they said, he's a controversial appointment because he spent time behind bars. That's it. They just said he spent time behind bars. They're afraid to say, for killing a guy. Yeah, he killed a man, huh? But we can't say that. Oh, yeah? Anyway, yes, you are here for a reason, possibly. To fire me up, to make it so ridiculous, so bad, that I, Greg Kelly, have to throw my hat into the ring of politics and eject you from City Hall. It just might happen. Don't tempt me. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. I'm just putting out one of my world-famous tweets. Got a picture of Eric Adams. The more this arrogant psycho shoots his mouth off, the more tempted I am to run against his ass and beat it. Wins of the election. 2025. That sounds like a long time from now. Um... Man, what the hell? That goes by quick. We're almost in 2023, right? This summer's going to go so fast. They always do. Hey, remember when I was telling you about Tom Cruise and he was on to something about the drugs? You know, too much 
prescriptions for kids and ADHD and this, that, and the other thing, and just people in general taking too many of those psychotropic drugs. Well, he said that on the Today Show about mm, almost 20 years ago, and they made fun of him. They thought he was like a lunatic. And you know what? He was a 1,000% right. He was just ahead of his time. And by the way, congratulations to Tom Cruise. What a what a hell of a movie. I haven't enjoyed a movie like that, a movie-going experience. Well, I haven't had one in since 2019, but it was a lot of fun, really fun movie. And uh, so good for him. All right, here we go. Tom Cruise with Matt Lauer back in 2005. No, you absolutely I know, can. But, but Matt, you're going in and saying that that I can't discuss that. I'm only asking, isn't there a possibility that do, do you examine the possibility that these things do work for some people? That yes, there are abuses. And yes, maybe they've gone too far in certain areas. Maybe there are too many kids on Ritalin. Maybe electric shock is... kids on Ritalin? That... I'm just saying. But, but aren't there Matt, examples where it Matt, works? Matt, Matt, you don't even, you're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. If you start talking about chemical imbalance, you have to evaluate and read the research papers on how they came up with these theories, Matt. Okay? That's what I've done. And you go and you say, where's the, where's the medical test? Where's the blood test that says how much Ritalin you're supposed to get? You're, you're, it's very impressive to listen to you because clearly you've done the homework and, and you know the subject. And you should. And, and, and you should do that also because just knowing people who are on Ritalin isn't enough. You should be a little bit more responsible in knowing. I'm really. not prescribing Ritalin, Tom, and I'm not well, asking anyone else to do well, it. Well, you are. You're saying, saying no, I know you're, some people who seem to have been helping. I, but you're saying, but it's like, this is a very important issue. I this is couldn't a very, agree more. And you know what? And you're you're here on the Today Show, right? And. To talk about it in a way of saying, well, isn't it okay and being reasonable about it when you don't know, and I do. I think that you should be a little bit more responsible in knowing what it is because you, you communicate to people. But you're now telling me that your experiences with the people I know, which are zero, are more important than my experiences. What do you mean by that? You're telling me what's worked for people I know or hasn't worked for people I know, and I'm telling you I've lived with these people, and they're better. So you're you're advocating it. I am not. I'm telling you, in their case, <laughs> in their that. individual case, it worked. I am not going to go out Matt, and say, get your kids on Ritalin, it's the cure-all and the end-all. Matt, but here's the point. What is an ideal scene in life? Okay. Uh, ideal scene is someone not having to take antipsychotic drugs. I would agree. Okay, so now you look at and you go, okay, a, a departure from that ideal scene is someone taking drugs. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you go, okay, what is the theory and the science behind that that justifies that? Let me take this more general, because I think you and I could go around in circles on this for a while, and, and, and I respect your opinion on it. Do you want more people to understand Scientology? Is that, would that be a goal of yours? You know what? I, absolutely, of course. You know, How do you people, go about that? You just communicate about it. And the important thing is, like, you and I talk about it, whether it's... Look, if I want to know something, I go and find out. Because I don't talk about things that I don't understand. I'll say, you know what? I'm not so sure about that. I'll go find more information about it so I can, I can come to an opinion based on, on the information that I have. You, you're so passionate about it. And I'm passionate about learning. I'm passionate about life. All right. He had to talk about science. Look, I don't care. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm not into Scientology. Uh, I do agree that he was overprescribed. Hey, you, you know who actually did a very good job there is Matt Lauer. I've seen him do that throughout his career you got uh, a star like tom cruise you know going way off message from the movie and you're talking about stuff and 
And you see he's giving him space. He's not backing off, but he's being respectful. He's sticking up for himself, but he's allowing this conversation. It's harder than it sounds. I saw him do it with George W. Bush once. George W. Bush yelled his head off at him. Just yelled his head right in the Oval Office. He's pointing his finger at Matt Lauer's chest. and <laughs> Matt Lauer's like totally calm, cool, and collected and still carrying on the interview. It's pretty wild. And by the way, what happened to him was very unfair. That guy got uh, totally screwed. Sure, he did some things he shouldn't have been doing, but uh, should never have been branded a predator. He's not. He's a good guy. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, This is supposed to be Greek music. There we go. It sounds a little Greek. Uh, Very nice. All right, so we had the Greek Independence Day parade yesterday, and it was awesome. I got to participate. John Katsimatidis, our beloved owner here at WABC, um, he actually anchored our coverage. He's a great, proud Greek-American, of course, an amazing philanthropist and public servant and brilliant businessman and uh, big sponsor of the parade, too. And uh, WABC, uh, basically, we ran the media end of it all, and I was on a float. It was actually kind of cool. I had never done that before. I marched in a parade. I played the saxophone once in a marching band. I uh, walked down the street once uh, behind my dad when he was Grand Marshal of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, but I never got to actually be in a float, and that was um, that was terrific. What else happened? Um there was a lot of candy there. That was problematic for me. I have a problem when I'm around candy, but uh, that's my issue. That is something I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, I am off and running again, and I'm running a faster pace. A friend urged me to pick up the pace. I was doing 10-minute miles, and they said, all right, come on, wimp. Why don't you try a 9-minute mile? And with great reluctance, I did a 9-minute mile, 1.0 mile, a little bit below a 9-minute mile pace. I felt... Like, I really did something. I know it's just a mile, but you know what I'm going to do, and I've done it before. The Jordan Peterson rule, rule number, uh, he's got 12 rules of life, and they all, there's only one that I really remember. It's this one. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. And I just think that's brilliant and beautiful, and uh, it can work. So, you know, you go to the gym, and everybody's all cut and buff and doing their thing, and you feel like an inadequate fool. Well, don't worry about it. You focus on your own game. You'll be cut and buff uh, before you know it. You just got to stay with it. Run your own race, somebody once told me. Run your own race. And uh, I like it. I like it. Jordan Peterson, if you've ever seen any of his videos or read anything by him, look him up. Jordan Jordan Peterson, he's an amazing guy. Um, I like him a lot. Hey, by the way, here's another guy I like. His name is Blake Masters. He's running for the Senate in Arizona, where I lived for four years, and um, it's, look, he's another guy running for the U.S. Senate, but he's another non-politician, and Trump said all the way back in 1999, he sees a future where non-politicians, non-politicians will be uh, front and center in the world of politics, and the more we go in that direction, uh, the better it is. Here's Trump calling out the Blake Masters, cut 49. Less than 10 months from now, Arizona is going to send the ultra-leftist Mark Kelly out of Washington 
in disgrace. And I hear we have one of our, at least one of our U.S. Senate candidates and a very successful guy, a really terrific guy, Blake Masters. Blake, where's Blake? Thank you. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blake, for coming. That's several months ago. And um, Trump got to know Blake a little bit better. And now he has my complete and total endorsement. Greg, I'm going with Blake because he's smart. He went to Stanford and he works with Peter Thiel. And Pete Thiel is a great guy. He knows his stuff, big tech. And uh, I like him a lot. And you know what's interesting? He said, Mark Kelly will go home in disgrace. Now, I'd like to see Mark Kelly uh, leave Washington. I don't want to see him leave in disgrace. Mark Kelly is an astronaut, former astronaut, and uh, happens to be a Kelly. I think he grew up in New Jersey, by the way. And his brother Scott spent all that time on the on the uh, International Space Station. Quick story about the Kelly brothers. They're twins, and they're both astronauts. They are twin brothers, and they're both astronauts. So back in the 1990s, I was flying my jet around um, – uh, the, the desert Southwest, and I was taking off out of San Diego. And as I'm leaving, I'm walking out to my plane. There's a plane arriving, and a guy gets out, and it's this guy. He's an astronaut. It's it's Kelly. It's the guy himself. And I'm like, wow, you're an astronaut. You know, you don't see these guys every single day, and he's got this cool NASA plane. It's blue and white, and he's wearing his blue jumpsuit. I'm like, hey, man, wow, you know, you go, have you been to space yet? No, I'm going soon, though. Wow. All right, great. Nice to meet you. He's got a mustache, and he's bald, and his name is Kelly. So I get in my jet, and I fly up to Las Vegas, and I land, and I see another NASA jet. It's white and blue, and I'm like, oh, the astronauts must be flying all over the place today. You know, lots of astronauts out there. Anyway, I park my plane. I get out of the plane, and I start going into the base operations building, and out comes astronaut Kelly. A bald guy with a mustache, and I'm like, and he's, and he's got. It's like, whoa, 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 I, 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 what's happening? I, you could not have gotten here. You could not have beaten me. How did you? What's going on? I was so freaked out. It was like I was in the twilight zone, and this guy let me really suffer for a while. He knew exactly what that was going on. His brother was out there. His twin brother. I thought it was the same. It was just the weirdest sensation I've ever had. Anyway, Mark Kelly, great guy, great pilot, great astronaut. That doesn't mean he should be a United States senator. He's gone all in with the woke left, all that crazy crap. So I would, I like him, but I don't like him as a United States senator. And that's okay. In the old days, like 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 15 years ago, it would be almost impossible to knock out an, an incumbent if they had a um, military background and been to space. I mean, it's just, yeah, they would be untouchable. But... It's happened before. There was this astronaut in New Mexico who was a U.S. senator, and he had been to the moon. His name was Jack Schmidt. And if he walked in right now, he's still alive. You would not recognize him. Jack Schmidt went to the moon, and four years later, he's elected to the United States Senate. Wow. All before the age of 40, Moonwalker, U.S. senator, the most exclusive club in the world. Two of the most exclusive clubs in the world, U.S. Senate and Moonwalker. Anyway, he runs for re-election in 1982, and what does his uh, wise-ass opponent say? What on earth has he done for you lately? That was his campaign slogan, and it worked. It worked. I don't like, I don't like it, but it worked. Um, hey, it's uh, remember today is January 6th. That's Pearl Harbor Day. It's also the anniversary of the day I shipped off to go to Officer Candidate School in the United States Marine Corps. 
I left from the Marine Air Terminal at LaGuardia Airport. I'll never forget it. Every time I see that building, I think of that day all the way back. And my goodness gracious, I don't want to say how long ago it was, but it was a long time ago. And uh, I remember as soon as I got down to Quantico, Virginia, I was like, what the hell did I do this for? <laughs> I've made a tremendous mistake. I really thought I just made uh, this is what this I volunteered for this. I volunteered. There's a million other things I could be doing, but uh, I got used to it and uh, I ultimately accepted it and did well enough to graduate and uh, become a Marine Corps officer, which was uh, really the privilege of a lifetime. One of the great privileges of a lifetime. Uh, in the meantime, what's my privilege? What's my great privilege right now? Well, it is to speak openly and in an unafraid manner against the incredible uh, corruption of the moment, whether it's this woke nonsense, whether it's the FBI putting Peter Navarro in jail. How could the FBI do that, huh? How could the FBI put Peter Navarro in jail? Well, he's holding his head high, as he should. If you get arrested by the FBI for some political crap, hold your head high. This is not what it used to be, all right? This is not the America it used to be. Peter Navarro is doing just that. I respect this guy. He'll be on my Newsmax show tomorrow. Here he is, Peter Navarro, cut 35. What that kangaroo committee is doing right now is investigating for punitive purposes. They're essentially acting as judge, jury, and executioner. Their mission, their clear mission is to prevent Donald John Trump from running for president in 2024 and being elected for president. People like me are in their way, and they're not coming for me and Trump. They're coming for you, all 74 million of you who voted for Donald John Trump. Amen. Peter Navarro, and he is being prosecuted because of his political beliefs. January 6th was a great big setup. Absolutely. You can see it if you watch my show. They let the protesters in. They killed Ashley Babbitt with no good reason. Um this was a setup. And why did they let everybody in? Well, they wanted to stop what, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, we were allowed to do, which was object to the electoral count, object to those those electoral votes being placed. And Vice President Pence had the discretion. He could have sent this back to the state capitals. But turns out he's just a swamp guy. And so many of those guys are just worried about their next corporate paycheck Oh, who who else is on my list here? Um, uh, Speaker Paul Ryan. Oh boy, talk about a rhino! Talk about a swamp career politician. Boy, you know he came out the other day and said that more Republican congressmen should have voted to impeach Trump, but they were afraid to. They should have voted their heart and soul and voted to convict Trump. You go to hell. You go jump in a lake. You know, I looked him up on Twitter where I've been basically harassing him for a couple of days, and. He has this crazy account. It says, Paul Ryan, the office of the 54th Speaker of the House of Representatives. Wait, wait, wait. The former Speaker of the House of Representatives gets an office? Yes. And he is now a professional former Speaker of the House of Representatives. And you can get a lot of money for that. You can go on corporate boards. I understand he's on the News Corp board. That's one of the reasons why Fox is so... uh, schizophrenic these days you know sometimes they're uh, maga sometimes they're woke they're all over the place um uh, speaker ryan give me a break and so many people let themselves be i don't know 
They're intimidated by the woke left. And you know what they're intimidated by? A lot of folks. I'm going to say it here. Well, that guy Mike called in and he said, you know, there's no such thing as a gay community and we're all over the place and you can't characterize. I, I agree with him, actually. But here's the thing. There are folks who will represent themselves as the leader of such and such a community. Like there are people out there like Al Sharpton who will say, I'm a leader of the African-American community. Now, he's not. But white people, a lot of lazy white people will somehow assume that. How do you think he got a show on MSNBC? And they'll think when Al Sharpton opens his big, dumb, corrupt mouth that somehow he's representing the African-American community. No, he's not. He's representing his selfish self. And he's helping to destroy this country. And how the hell that guy can get on a private jet and go to funerals and deliver eulogies for people he never met, that's that's, that's chutzpah, right? So some of these folks will go on TV left-wingers, and they'll represent themselves as leaders of the community. And you know what it does? It makes others go running. Well, Al Sharpton, you know, it's Al Sharpton. He must he must be the leader of the African-American community. Really? Is there a leader of the white community? Come on. You know, there are you know, influencers. There are people with, um, you know, of, of significance, but a leader of the white community? No, and there's no leader of the black community. I got to – there isn't. There isn't. But too many – People will somehow think that and go running, especially if it's a black woman, by the way. I noticed yesterday on, what the hell was it, Uh, the George Stephanopoulos show, you know who did a pretty good job? And I've been a big-time critic of his, Chris Christie. Chris Christie doesn't take any guff from anybody. And there are people, as soon as they get it from a person of color, they go running. It's kind of interesting. Uh, let's see if I can get that for you. And the other thing, oh, I'm sorry, I went long. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the best of Greg Kelly. Best of. Wow. Everybody's calling in about Judith. Everybody has an opinion on Judith. Hey, Judith, uh... You may want to quit while you're ahead. Here she is. Now she's calling my boss, trying to get me in trouble. How about that? Uh, let's see here. Everyone says, uh, everyone is saying the whole thing about, uh, yeah, Judith, you, uh, you're auditioning for a show. Uh, there is something wrong. Uh, <laughs> she gets on every free. <laughs> I actually, I actually don't mind her all that much. All right. Uh, Jesse Smollett, we went through that. Uh, also on the program tonight, we are going to uh, unpack. Do I really want to unpack Michael Sussman? Does anybody care anymore? Hey, did you get that thing, Bobolinsky? You got that thing yet? I sent you. Okay, you ready? All right, so keep this in mind. James Biden, the brother of Joe, is running around now saying, I didn't do anything wrong. Everything's great. I am not a fixer for my family. I support my family. How many uncles are this close with their nephews? Think about it. I see my uncles. I love my uncles and aunts, but I see them at holidays. And, you know, have I gone into business with any of my uncles? No. Have you? Is that a thing? I could see an uncle maybe getting you a job. And my uncle Donald did once get me a job at Immigrant Savings Bank uh, back in college for a summer. That was a great uh, gig, by the way. But I, I don't know. And anyway, so James Biden calls up the Washington Post. 
and denies, denies, denies. So uh, I don't believe James, I don't believe Frank, and I don't believe Joe and Valerie. James, Frank, Joe, and Valerie. They were the Biden, uh, the Biden family, and I don't believe Hunter. But I do believe Tony Bobolinsky. Who was Tony Bobolinsky? Remember that? The man comes forward with earth-shattering news, hardcore evidence of corruption, um, all kinds of double dealings, the Bidens and the laptop, and you name it, this guy had it, and he was willing to talk. And he came forward. What did they do? They tried to cancel him, and they made fun of him because his suit was too tight. Listen to this. And um, I'm thinking about the Biden family. Like, how are they doing this? I know Joe decided not to run in 2016, but what if he ran in the future? Aren't they taking political risk or headline risk? And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel after about a you know hour and a half, two-hour meeting, with me asking out of concern, how are you guys doing this? Aren't you concerned that you're going to put your brother's you know, future presidential campaign at risk? Um, you know, The Chinese, the stuff that you guys have been doing already in 2015 and 2016 around the world. And uh, I just can almost picture his face where he sort of chuckles and says, you know, plausible deniability. So he said this is a man who's been drafting off his brother's political career for almost 50 years. He said to your face, essentially, we're, we're lying about it. Uh, uh, anyone uh, watching this interview can look up what plausible deniability means, yeah. and the uh, definition is very distinct. Wow. That's Tony Bobolinsky. And no one, no one has been able to undermine his credibility. Yeah, they can make fun of his suit. They can, um, you know, but basically they ignore him. And the mainstream media ignore all of those revelations. Isn't it amazing that Joe Biden can go in front of the cameras and not be asked about any of this? Any of this. He left the White House this weekend. I mean, he gets questions all the time. Not those full-blown press conferences. But even when he does have one, they don't ask him about any of this stuff. This is basically smoking gun proof of corruption. Don't we deserve an explanation? especially after he stood up on that debate stage with Donald Trump and and said all those intelligence officials said it was Russia disinformation. How can he get away with it? How can they get away with it? I don't think they are for much longer. Then again, I don't know. We had smoking gun proof of uh, Michael Sussman. Uh, yeah, Joe Blow, nobody attorney. Uh, but Paul Manafort, did you know that name? Was that a household name? No, but he was an associate of the Trumps. And it was easy in a Washington, D.C. court to get anybody associated with Trump. Michael Sussman, though, where the jury is uh, 99.9% Democrat, where the judge is also a former friend of the defendant. That's so weird. And look at this pompous guy talking about how he's uh, not guilty. Give me a break. Go. I have a few thoughts to share now that the trial has ended. First, I told the truth to the FBI and the jury clearly recognized that with their unanimous verdict today. I'm grateful to the members of the jury for their careful and thoughtful service. Despite being falsely accused, I'm relieved that justice ultimately prevailed in my case. 
You should be thankful to the judge, the biased judge, the hideous system, the swamp. Thank the swamp. You're, you're a swamp lawyer. Thank the swamp. The swamp rallied around you. The swamp media did its best to downplay your case. And now I wonder what they'll do tonight. I'll be watching. I'm not sure because they'd have to do a lot of legwork because they'd have to tell this story for the first time. This is the best of Greg Kelly. Best of. Try to make this look like a the ultimate vindication, which it is not. All right, I got to get ready. Uh, the, one more. Carlotta is in Rhode Island. Yes. Hi, I'll make it quick. Yes. Um, with your mother, get off the Twitter. But why aren't you on Food Social? I look for you there. Yeah, I know. I got to set it up. It's going to be, you know, I got to set up a new password and the email and all that stuff. It's going to take me many months to do that. Not that's not a good excuse. You're that's right. No, you're right. I don't disagree. But I'll, I'll, uh, you give me a good reminder. I'll, I'll, I'll try. One more. Muncie is in New Jersey. Muncie, Muncie, Muncie. What's up? Great. So, <laughs> Sussman, he, you know, Biden is filling the swamp with water. Trump was draining it. This is terrible. I, I'm nauseated about it. I can't believe it. Bobulinski was so honest. You know, he was at the debate, Bobulinski. He did that news conference right after the debate where he said what exactly happened, yeah. how he really was associated with him. Yep. I wish he would have stood up and said, Biden, you're a liar. When Biden went on stage and said that about the letter with the 50 CIA and all these other people, it's really, that was disgusting. It was disgusting, and he's never been held accountable. Hey, I heard you wanted to say something about Judith. What do you want to say about her? Well, look, all of your regular callers, we don't mind other people calling and saying things, but she makes it like she's a special person. And she also gets that feeling that, okay, I can get through when other people can't get through. Dick Morris said, aren't you calling on our special number? I think they gave her a special number to call on. You know, we all want to be fair about this. Yeah, that's right. All right, Judith, you hear this? You're banned from my show for the next three months. All right? You and Dick Morris can do a project together. But you're banned from this show for three months. What is three months from now? Uh, June, July, August, September 1st. September 1st. And, Judith, we love you, but you did get a little bit carried away. Muncie's right. All right. Well, that's it for me. i got to go across the street. Rudy Giuliani is next. Is he in-house? He is in-house. Rudy Giuliani, America's great mayor, the best, the very best. He'll know so much about the assessment stuff. And remember, remember, they lied about Rudy. They lied about him in one day. And I look forward. You know what? I'm going to invite myself. When Rudy gets the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Donald Trump, and I think it's going to happen within the first few months of uh, Donald Trump getting there. I am taking the day off, and I'm going to Washington, D.C. to watch the entire ceremony, okay? That's it. I'm coming. And I think it's going to happen in April of 2025. Hang in there, Rudy. It'll be here before you know it. And he'll be here before you know it. I'll see you later. Newsmax tonight at 7 o'clock. and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Dino in Queens has something to say about it. Hi, Dino. Hey, Greg. You know, the dynamic duos, your dad and you. I'm going to vote for you for mayor and your dad. I want him back. I spoke to you a little while back, if you remember. Do you remember my name, Dino? Uh, from the Flintstones? Yeah, from the Flintstones. I told you I was away for a while. I had a great judge. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. You went to jail. Yeah, I did seven years. Hey, I've been looking for you, and I've lost your number. I would like to talk to you again. 
Yeah. I know you want questions. I'll answer anything you need to know. When it comes to kids, I've got a certain place in my heart. So if I can tell you, when I was away, sometimes you get lucky and you're in the cell by yourself. And that doesn't last too long. It lasts maybe four days or a week. Then you'll have the uh, quarter, I mean, the CO knocking on your door saying, hey, you got a bunkie. But this is the trick. I just can't let anybody in. I'll come right to the window because I did a few years, and I'm coming to the window, and I'm going to ask you what your crime is. And you know where I'm going with that, right? If you did anything to a child, there's going to be trouble. Right. So the last time, remember this? This case. Hey, you don't have to whisper. Phone. You're out of jail. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so the, he, the, 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 the CEO was a great guy. He says, hey, I got a bunkie for you. You got to get him in. I says, hold on. Put him to the door. Tell me your crime. I smelt it already. I says, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't tell me, I'm going to tell you. You're a child molester, right? He nodded his head. Yes. I said, Adam, if you put him in here, it's going to probably be your career is going to be over. I already had it ready. What to do? Oh, well, I already had it set. What? Oh, God. Damn. I don't. Oh, yeah, excuse me. This, this is, is tough stuff. This is cell block. Yeah. This is hardcore. Yeah. Man, prison. Yeah, because when you deal with children. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. With... And they get uh, murdered by guys like you. I mean, I just I don't buy go, brother. All right. Hey, wait. Hey, what did you do, by the way? What what landed you in the joint? Conspiracy. Conspiracy to Conspiracy do what? Conspiracy to distribute. Drugs. Right. Drugs. What jail did they send you to? What prison? I went from a nice place in Petersburg, and then I got into some altercations because they test you, and I ended up through diesel therapy. They took me from Oklahoma to Atlanta Penitentiary, and I ended up in Victorville Penitentiary, in Victorville High, uh, uh, that's in by the Mojave Desert. Wow. And the reason why I want to talk to Dino, by the way, is because he's actually grateful for the judge who sent him to prison. You're grateful, and if you met her him right now, you'd shake hands and say thank you. Tell us why that is. Because even though she had her hands tied, she stopped for a moment. And you know, I, I can I can look and I can look at her and I understand because she saw my kids in the back. My kids were like 13, 14, and I'm I never committed a crime in my life. So she did say, uh, such late time in his age at forty six committing a crime out of clean slate. She, she says he's not a criminal, but the severity of the crime is severe. So right there I says, wow, she's dubious on what to do because they were looking to give me uh, uh, 20 years in federal time. They go by months, it's 240 months, 20 years. And they were standing on that. I had a great lawyer, her name was Linda George, I had a great lawyer and and she was, you know, usually they sentence you and they know what to do. But All right. I saw her. How much time did you get? Out of uh, almost eight and a half, nine years, a good time. I did uh, uh, close to seven, a little under seven. Well, not bad, man, 20 years. You know, when you yeah. say 240 months, it doesn't sound as bad. Well, yeah, I know, but if you put the math, 240 months is, is 20 years. I know, but a month flies by when you think about it. I mean, it's just not as bad. I mean, I know it's bad. It is bad. Well, look, Dino, we got – what? She could have hurt me, but I saw it. When she saw my children, she says she, – she saw what kind of person that was – you know, they're psychologists. They're doctors. They're not only judges. They're smart people. They look – they don't have to look at you directly in the eye. This is what they do. This is their profession. And they know, just by your record, they know. And I was grateful to God, and I was grateful to her. I think her every day. That's wonderful. Allie Ross, I think her every day. Hey, when you... if you would have gave me 20, you know, you're hurt. Yeah. You're hurt. 
When you got out of jail, what did you do? What was your, uh, what next? What happened? When I got out of jail, I came home to my home and I was like so grateful to life. I, uh, I didn't know what to do. So I ended up, uh, just working on my house and I built it. And I'm Greek Orthodox. I know there was a Greek uh, parade yesterday and not too many Greeks in jail, only me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I ended up fixing my house and I did beautiful work because I'm a construction guy. I do everything. And it took me four years to do everything by myself. And then, uh, like four or five years later, my next door neighbor, she was a younger woman. She was kind of looking at me and I looked at her. I thought nothing of it. I'm a grandfather. I got three kids. I got two babies now. One was born 9-11. All right. And, and what, um, what did this young woman want? She wanted their family and she just, I, I, knew, of her, I knew of her family because she lived behind my house. Wait a second. So, did you end up with this woman? Yeah. Oh, wait, weren't you yeah. married? Were you, you had married? Were you married? Yeah, I was divorced. In uh, uh, oh, all right. All right. Well, anyway, something amazing time. happened. Something amazing. Hey, Dino, obviously you got a really interesting, compelling story. I want to know more about this. Do me a favor. We did this before. We won't blow it this time, though. Get his number. Dino, hold on the phone, okay? All right. All right. Thank all right. you, Dino. We'll talk. We'll talk. Get this number and then give it to me and take a picture of the number. All right. Let's not lose it this time. Uh, imagine that, huh? 120 months is 10 years. Wait, yeah, 240 months is 20 years. And good for him. I had a feeling that's where he was going with that story. Uh, well, at first I thought she just hired him to do construction at her house. But, you know, oh, that's beautiful. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Good for them. Good for them. All right. Uh, with that in mind, tonight my agenda will be uh, we're going to go deep deep with the uh, – we could go coast-to-coast coast with this thing, but we're going to focus on Dallas because that crazy drag race. And by the way, I actually know some transvestites. Most of them want nothing to do with children, all right? They want nothing to do with children. I'd like to get – you know who I like? RuPaul. You ever hear RuPaul? Uh, supermodel, you better work. Great performer um, and a superstar – I got to find out what Rue thinks of all of this crap, because I don't think Rue would be on board with this at all. Just like, you know, it's interesting, uh, Caitlyn Jenner has no interest in in biological men you know, transitioning to women and performing in women's sports. None whatsoever. She's very conservative, just like our friend Christine up in Connecticut. Great people. And... I like that guy, Mike. You know, you cannot categorize you know, the African-American community, the gay community. There are competing voices all over the place. Uh, Cheech in Suffolk County, yeah. Hey, what's up, Greg? Good afternoon. Hey, listen, I want to clear up a little something. I don't know. You remember last week? I had a Nobody remembers. Opinion. Give us something new. Yeah, I don't do. want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. I, I don't want you guys to blacklist me. And all I had was, you know. Hey, Cheech, Cheech, oh, I'm not going to blacklist you that. unless you change the subject and bring up something new and compelling. Uh, well, I don't like what's going on, you know, with the dregs. You know, God bless them and anything. But I really want to just, you know, to clear up with your father. An opinion I just had. And the other thing I want to say, I'm not kissing ass, but I envy always envied you pilots hey wait a second then uh, all right you brung it up well, what's well, what's your beef with my father all right here's the thing uh the only one thing he said and i respect him and i respect you what is what it you do. all right he said that it's a tough call for this commander 
or maybe anybody else to make in uh, in like a pinch. Uh, but I don't think. I mean, what do they train? Don't they train? No. These hey, people? listen. You're 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 nitpicking and you're you're you're, you're narrow focusing. Okay. He said clearly. He he documented it. Where do you think I get all this stuff? He's the one who told me Columbine changed everything. Columbine changed everything. They were waiting for the SWAT team. And then the doctrine was you go in, you go in right away. And by the way, is that sometime a tough call? Yeah, when bullets are flying. Have you ever heard a rifle shot in a room? Let me ask you that. Have you ever heard that, Cheech? Do you know what it sounds What's like? That? Do you know what a rifle sounds like when it's fired in close quarters, say, in a no, small I, room? No, I Let don't. me tell you something. It's extremely loud, imagine. and it would be extremely difficult to go in there. But you go in there nevertheless. He was emphatic yeah, about Greg, that. He was clear about that. Tough call. It, it was. It was it, Greg, minor. What? But what, Cheech? Uh, uh, You're getting on my uh, nerves uh, with these butts. You know, what? Uh, uh, come on. But but it was, I mean, he, he waited an hour. There's children in there. Hey, Cheech. He's, he's Cheech, go back and listen to, to my show. Out. No, no kidding. No kidding. You should have. You. There's no doubt. And don't try to say that Ray Kelly was on the side of waiting outside. All right. He's the one who spelled it all that. out. He's the one who spelled it all out. You got to go in. It is a tough job, by the way. It is, and that's why you get paid. Cheech, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you off the probation list. You're not blacklisted, but don't bring this up again. Thank you. Listen, Number two, I, I want to go to John in Wisconsin. John, hello. Hey, Greg. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Hey, I just wanted to personally thank you for calling out Paul Ryan because I feel like um, he truly was a Republican in name only, and he could have done a lot when he was Speaker of the House, especially regarding the uh, Trump collusion nonsense. And also, I just wanted to wish you all the best if you ever wanted to run for mayor of New York City or whether you wanted to uh, even go up higher to the swamp there in dc so well hey paul hey john thank you very much and by the way so you're wisconsin that's where he's from yes. paul ryan he was a congressman from up there exactly. i'm looking at his twitter right. he's janesville wisconsin office of the 54th speaker of the house paul ryan that is so arrogant yeah. to me that you leave it the is. swamp and you retain the office give me a freaking break this is the epitome of swamp guy what was he like up in Wisconsin before he got the uh, the big uh, tap on the shoulder by Mitt Romney? Uh, to be honest, I didn't really move up here until um, 2016, so I wasn't really exposed to him very much in Wisconsin. I have only been here for the past seven years, so I didn't really know yeah. what he was doing. I understand. That. I understand. What's it like up there? What do you do? What, where'd you go? Where'd you go from, and why did you pick Wisconsin? Uh, actually, I work for the government. I, I'd rather not say what my job is. No problem. I will say that I work at Fort McCoy, Wisconsin. All right. Well, we thank you for calling, and uh, thanks so much. Yeah, with pleasure, this this Paul Ryan guy. Hey, another thing. I noticed he became like this, literally a poster boy for fitness. And that's great, except if you are the um, Speaker of the House, He's posing in, you know, uh, gym shorts and taking off his shirt all the time and making muscles. I mean, he's the Speaker of the House. You know what it goes from in terms of uh, succession? It goes from president to vice president to Speaker of the House. So they're the third most powerful and important person in the country. And this guy is, uh, well, he's a gym rat. 
I can't find enough time to work out, but he can. Uh, I guess you can when you're the third most powerful person in America. I don't think that's the way it should be done, though. I don't. I don't think you should be uh, walking around with ripped abs uh, as a 50-year-old speaker of the House of Representatives. You've got to be worried about your constituents. You've got to be frazzled. Some of these guys, they, they focus too much on their looks. You know who did that a lot? Uh, Obama. And you can see it right now. He's got the sheen, the veneer of a billionaire. All right, one more. Alfred is in Yonkers. Hi, Alfred. Um, thank you for taking my call. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, I just wanted to say that the January 6th committee, they are a bunch of hypocrites. They, they're just phony as could be. And Yeah. Yeah, no, we know that. They're just, uh, Take it. Go a little deeper with that. I'm not disagreeing, but what else? What gets you? No, they, they just want to take Donald Trump out and and make sure that he doesn't run again. You know, yeah. doesn't run again. And yeah. uh, and to me, that's anti-democratic. Yes, anti-American. Anti-American, anti-democratic. And you know who's running this damn thing? Liz Cheney. The Cheneys, right? I heard a friend of mine talk about the. You know, Cheney brought us Abu Ghraib, and now they're throwing Peter Navarro in jail. Give me a break. I'll be right back. Thanks, Alfred. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so January 6th hearings are going to try again. It was a year ago. A year ago, they had those phony cops come to Capitol Hill. Remember? The January, uh, where was that? Michael Fanone. He was really upset. Let me hear that guy, all right? This is Michael Fanone, former Washington, D.C. cop. Now he is a full-time talking head on CNN. Although I notice they don't use him all that much because uh, the way he talks here is the way he talks when he's on CNN. And uh, and he's always talking about his PTSD, which I don't think you should talk about. But go ahead. Let me hear this. What makes the struggle harder and Order. more painful is to know so many of my fellow citizens, including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend, are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back hell to and protect back. them and the people in this room. Room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Boom. Wow. Well, Michael Fanon. My law enforcement Ooh. career prepared me to cope with some of the aspects of this experience. Yeah. Being an officer, you know your life is at risk whenever you walk out the door. Even if you don't expect otherwise law-abiding citizens. Oh, shut up. up. This guy is too much. He is somehow responding to a riot beneath him. All right? Riots happen. Did you want the non-riot? Did you sign the non-riot contract? If you got a beef. You got it with the Capitol Hill cops, by the way, who facilitated that riot. My name is Michael Fanone. Michael Fanone. Well, Michael Fanone, you're a you're a bad cop. And now you're a bad analyst on CNN. I watched you this weekend with Jim Acosta and you act like I don't know. I don't know, like a scared first grader or something like that. But Michael Fanone, you're a big phony. We all know that. And that fake anger you just displayed. Um was that a good accent? Maybe. Okay, a couple of eye rolls here. Not a hit, whatever. All right, 
uh, I do have to wrap up. I have to go across the street for my Newsmax television show uh, momentarily. So a couple of people have been on hold, and I'll just go through them real quick. There's Eric in the Bronx. Yes, Eric, what's up? Yes, uh, I was calling. We have all these ethnic months, holidays, parades, and usually it's how well these people have done in their ethnicity to promote it and make them a better people. How come Gay Pride, the Alphabet Mafia, is a month of debauchery and no one's calling them out enough calling them out about it i mean all this garbage with the kids in dallas and everywhere else my granddaughter had a school play this weekend and at the end of it they had them all coming out with rainbow things i was totally disgusted being there and that she had to go through that how come it's a month of debauchery can anybody explain that well it's a great question i've been trying to get the answer myself it shouldn't be a month we shouldn't even have it's just totally ridiculous uh i think they're trying to uh, i don't know indoctrinate people they're trying to create more gay people i don't know do they perhaps want to reduce the birth rate i don't know what's happening here uh and i do think that a good chunk of it is what you say debauchery look at that stuff in dallas so i don't like it eric uh i'm on your side here i am jumping up and down like a lunatic talking about it quite frankly incurring a fair amount of risk uh, as I do so, because, you know, that's not the right side of the agenda, but who cares? I've got uh, more important things to worry about than my career. How's that, Eric? Oh, there are more important things to worry about, but you know something? If they get the foothold that they want, the Alphabet Mafia, they get that foothold, we're going to pay for it in the long term, because I can see them turning us, this country, I mean, look at what they do in China. This doesn't happen in China, Russia, North Korea. But look how they're weakening this country so that those kind of people can take over. So here. you should and look at my – you should look at my um, – uh, the thing about it is, look, gay is fine. I don't care. It preference, sexual preference, whatever you're into. But to to thrust that agenda onto others, especially children, that's a big problem. And it looks like the Chinese are totally fine with us doing it. Not they don't do it, but we do it. And they how do they how do they import it to us or export it from China? TikTok, that crazy TikTok thing. All right, I got to keep going. Uh, thank you, Eric Allen, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Hey, Greg. I just wanted to talk about Paul Ryan for a minute. Yeah. He is such a rhino. He was Mitt Romney's running mate for for vice president. Yeah. And uh, he's on the board of directors of Fox, which is why everybody goes to Newsmax. Uh, well, I'd love to hear that. Thank you very much. He is on the board of directors over there. And I think it's one of the reasons why they threw in the towel so early on Trump on election night. Yeah. And a lot of screwy stuff has been happening over there. Al, thanks a lot. To be continued. Yeah, you're one, welcome, Greg. One, you bet, buddy. Uh, one more from uh, Carolyn. She's in Manhattan. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? Terrific. What's going on? I'm on the Upper West Side. Ah, okay. Um, all right. And I would vote for you for mayor. I am a conservative. I'm a Catholic. And I'm white. And a female. And I am living in the bastion. I am like the minority up here. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But anyway, so I wanted to let you know that. That's my um, problem, though. I mean, look, could I win? Could I win in New York City? I'd, I think, quite frankly, I'd have to run as a Democrat, and I'd have to, I, I, you know what I mean, a conservative Democrat, because I, you know, you, you said you're in a minority, but you'd vote for me. 
and you're the only one up there. So what do you think? Run as a Democrat? Run as a Democrat. But I also want to tell you that I know your uncle, your father, Mike Kelly. Oh, yeah. My whole family knows him. I love it. I love it. Well, so does mine. <laughs> Carolyn, thank you for the support. To be continued, we'll see. And I'll see you tonight at 7 on Newsmax. All the best.